Hey, listener, this is Jimmy Pardo from the award-winning podcast, Never Not Funny. You are listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Turn up! Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, I get to be lazy and you folks get a special treat. Pat Francis from Never Not Funny and Never Not Funny Presents Rock Solid joins us and, among other things, reminisces about his glory days working in record stores back when he was a teenager. We got a promo cassette of Def Leppard's Hysteria. It was like weeks and weeks before the album was coming out and I opened this box and it was there and I just put it in my pocket <laughs> and I... And I stole it. We'll hear more from Pat in just a little bit, including an exclusive reveal of who the four rotating co-hosts for the Rock Solid podcast are going to be. And here now, without any further ado, is our interview with Pat Francis. Joining us on PF Tape Recorder, this is a big one. It's Pat Francis from the Never Not Funny Presents Rock Solid Podcast and frequent guest on Never Not Funny. How's it going, man? It's going well. How are you doing today? Do, now, do I call you PF? Yes, that would, that, that would probably work out pretty good. You don't go by, what is your middle name? Francois. Is it really Francois? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Mom is sounds like it could be. Sounds like it could be like a funny answer. No, not really. People try to do the PF Flyer, PF Changs thing. Which never gets tiring. Our names are very similar because my middle name is Francis. Yeah. And my last name is Dodson. Right. And you're Wilson. Yep. All right. This has been great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, this could be one of those episodes where uh, we don't get to anything else. No fake news, no dumb bit, because uh, a lot of ground to cover. Um, uh, I, people are probably familiar with you from the the two podcasts, but I, I probably just know about you in bits and pieces, just you know right. from listening to all that. So you grew up in Pennsylvania, I know, right? Yes, a small town, Pennsylvania. The whole entire family still lives there. And and where in Pennsylvania is that? It's a place called Holidaysburg. Okay, I know I've heard of that, and we emailed before, and uh, you told me where it was, and I've forgotten again where it is. It's, uh, it's western Pennsylvania. It's close to um, Penn State University. Okay, so it's, yeah, okay. I had some, I had some friends that went to, uh, to Penn State. And then you went to college went in Latrobe, right? Or Yes, I went to a small Catholic college in Latrobe called St. Vincent College. Okay, which I believe is where the Steelers trained. Yeah. Steelers training camp is there. Yeah, okay. All right. So I'm remembering all this correctly. So uh, you went to Pittsburgh a lot. Uh, yeah, for uh, for concerts. I mean, it was it was still a haul. It was about a two and a half hour drive from where I live to get to Pittsburgh. Okay. Because yeah, I uh, lived in Pittsburgh for a while. Uh, a lot of my uh, off time in high school was spent there because my dad lived there and I made uh, some friends there who I liked better than a lot of my friends in Cleveland. And then uh, after college, I'd spend my breaks uh, in, in Pittsburgh as well. So uh, very familiar with, with the area. Ever go record shopping in Pittsburgh? Uh, I'm sure I did, yeah. Well, I probably went record shopping when yeah, when records were still popular. Yes, yeah. Well, there were a lot of cool record stores uh, in Pittsburgh back in the day. 
Um, one of the, the one that's still in business, actually, it's called Ides, and uh, it's still right there, just outside of downtown. Yeah, I love uh, I love going to uh, to old record shops, man. It's so much fun. Yeah, my uh, daughter likes that now too. She's very into vinyl, as a lot of the young people are. Which seems so to she be- has a she has a, a a record player. Yeah, we bought her one, one of those Crosleys, and uh, yeah, she has a record player, and she gets uh, stuff. The last thing she bought was um, we were out record shopping, and we saw this uh, album. It was uh, Smith's songs done lullaby style. Oh my god! Yeah, so we bought that, and um, I said, you know, I've got a whole. A uh, bunch of vinyl downstairs. Now, the vinyl I had. Do you have any vinyl left? You probably have some vinyl left. I do, but it's it's you know I I, I buy it used now to get it, uh, and then I get it you know the album cover signed. That's oh my yeah. Hobby. But that- I no my all my old vinyl I sold when I moved to LA. I mean, I wish I would have kept it now because now I'm buying the things that I used to own. Well, I sold the the only vinyl I sold, which was most of it, was stuff I got on CD. I didn't see any point in having it on two formats. That's that's how I was too. And eventually, yeah. almost everything I owned on vinyl, I did have on CD. And anything that I owned on vinyl that wasn't put on CD or I didn't think would ever be on CD, I just got rid of too because I'm like, well, I don't have a record player anymore, a yeah. turntable. So yeah, I got rid of it. Yeah, I was able to convert mine to uh, MP3, but I still kept all of it just in case. And a lot of it still hasn't come out. A lot of remixes. Um, there are a couple of bands that didn't come out on uh, on on CD and still haven't, unless you want to pay fifty bucks for a CD from Japan. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, how old are your are your uh, your girls? Fifteen and nine. Fifteen and nine, and I have a thirteen and nine. Okay. And um, when they first saw the needle drop on. A vinyl record were they like what the heck um i don't think so. I'm, because with an ipod and with digital music you just you push a button and music plays but to actually see the physicalness of a needle moving around in a circle to bring the sound out i i would think that if you never saw that you'd be like whoa i don't think lizzie has paid much attention she's the nine-year-old uh, to the uh. turntable um, and I don't even know how Hannah discovered vinyl, to be quite honest with you, because we have a turntable. My wife's old turntable is buried down in the basement. And if ever I get around to converting the rest of my stuff to MP3, we kept it for that purpose. But it isn't like she saw that one. She must have been at a friend's house or something. Yeah, That's how it starts, man. The friends get them turned on to it. <laughs> yeah, really. It's crazy. Yeah. So as far as your daughter's musical taste, I know you listen to a lot of like different stuff because of them, a lot of top 40 stuff, but uh, do they are they at that age yet, or at least the 13-year-old, where she's kind of exploring stuff on her own? You know what? She's listening. She, she listens to Taylor Swift, and then she listens to Japanese music. Oh, wow. She is so enthralled in the Japanese culture with the anime and manga, and she went to Japan for two weeks this summer to visit. And, uh, I mean, she listens to Japanese music. It's it's sung in Japanese. Hmm. I don't even know what's going on with it. I'm just like, okay, that's what she likes. Well, here's something weird. A friend of uh, our, our family, I teach a, a class for gifted kids. I used to teach uh, comedy writing, and I still do. Uh-huh. Uh, but no one took that class. My wife said, you should do a class on being a podcaster. Even though she hates my podcast, she thinks, well, this is a good way to make a couple of bucks. So anyway, Why I'm teaching she, podcasting. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Why does she hate your podcast? Because I am fooling around doing useless stuff when I could be uh, out doing something constructive and or making money or working on the yard. You know that uh, – I can't remember the comedian. He used to be on Carolyn in the City, um, dark-haired guy. I can't mm. remember his name. He had a great bit, though, about women cannot stand a man resting. 
because they sit there and go, <laughs> look at him there just resting when he could be doing something. That's exactly yeah. what it is. I mean, isn't it? Isn't it bringing you joy in that? And then you're no, like in, in does, better spirits around the matter. house. Doesn't matter. No, okay. no. If I'm if I'm down here editing or doing anything on the podcast, she is. I'm. I, I was told. I told my daughter I'm going to change the name of my podcast to the Dissident. I have to do it in secret. And so, like when she leaves the house, I quickly set. And I can't even leave my equipment out on the desk in the family room here. It's got to be all cleaned up at, at the end of the day. So I sneak down here and I'll edit together interviews and stuff like that and make the dumb bit and record fake news and then sweep it all up and then, as I can, edit it together. And, yeah, it's, it's just weird. But a, a friend of our family, uh, she, she's taking the class, and I was trying to get all the kids, you know, I said, the first place, start, what do you want your podcast to be about? Let's make a list of things you're interested in. So I go over to, coincidentally, Hannah is also the name of our uh, friend. I said, Hannah, what are you interested in? She goes, well, nobody will be interested in what I'm interested in. Turns out it's uh, Japanese culture, <laughs> anime. Oh. And not only that, three other kids in the class were interested in one other aspect of that. Like one kid was into origami and one kid liked anime, a couple kids like Pokemon. I'm like, okay, you have more guests now than anybody, potentially, for your podcast. And you thought you didn't have anybody. So, Wow. Yeah, it's just I, interesting. And my, my daughter's a little interested in Japanese culture and, uh, and stuff. But yeah, they're, they're like really into it. Um, That's cool. Yeah. And so, it's, so she likes to Taylor Swift and Japanese music. Um, yep, that's what she. That's all she's really listening to right now. Hmm. That's what she likes the most. It, it changes quickly. I know it's it's really wild. Yeah, it, it's nice to see that that progression because my Hannah, who our listeners better know as Fangirl, uh, Fangirl, uh, she's got a really nice uh, background of music. She is very familiar with uh, the 50s all the way up to today. She she has her bands today she likes, but um, but she likes her some Beatles. She likes the Beach Boys, uh, a little bit of Stones, uh, trying to get her into the kinks, uh, likes some of the new wave music and all that stuff. So it's a, a good good breadth of pop music there. Yeah, that is good. That is definitely good. So how did you wind up doing stand-up comedy? You went to college and studied what? Uh, theater communication. Okay. The minimum wage, uh, uh, minimum wage um, uh, degree, as I like to call it. <laughs> exactly. So I, I had the same uh, thing. I, from my Bowling parents Green. were just happy that I went to college. I didn't. I didn't really want to go to college. Oh, really? Yeah, I just. I didn't. I just didn't want to go. I just didn't feel like. Go. I just. I don't like uh, book learning. <laughs> well, I didn't want to stay in Cleveland. Uh, and I didn't want to hang out in Pittsburgh for the rest of my life. So I just th- thought of it as a kind of, a, well, this is a, something different to do. And it's far enough away that it's far enough away, but it's close enough that if I want to come home to either Cleveland or Pittsburgh, it's only a couple hours drive. Right. And uh, so then well, how did comedy come into it? Um, you know, through in, in high, in grade, you know, eight, the latter part of um, grade school, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth, and then into high school, you know, I was, uh, you know, I just loved Saturday Night Live so much. And, uh, you know, I would always, you know, I think as a lot of kids did, you would just, uh, you know, re- redo those um, bits for your friends, you know, Monday morning in school. And then um, whenever they would have like some type of a show in high school, I would always do something comedic, a sketch that I wrote or some, I remember once I, I, I just, I brought a whole uh, thing of helium balloons, and I just kept breathing helium and reading <laughs> passages from Steve Martin's Cruel Shoes book. Huh. And um, I just always wanted to make people laugh. I, I seemed, I thought I was naturally funny. So, um, so when I moved uh, after college, 
Los Angeles seemed too far to move away from Pennsylvania, and New York seemed too big, and so I just I just uh, I moved to Chicago, and um, I just you know took day jobs at record store and at the Gap, and I just started to hit the open mics and. And uh, and then it just it just started. It was during the comedy boom. So literally, about a year and a half after I started, there were so many clubs that you could they needed openers, so you could actually get paid while you were learning to do it. Oh wow! And then after about two years, that became my full time employment as a as a feature act, the uh, middle slot on the show. Yeah. So. Um, and then in the six years total, six and a half, seven years total that I did it full time, you know, I got to go to, I was in 42 states, you know, you know, over, over 200 colleges. I mean, it was fun. But then when I moved to Los Angeles, I kind of was dreading moving the whole way out here to travel back to the Midwest to do stand up at the same clubs I had been at three or four times already. Yeah. And I didn't, uh, I didn't want to put in the time to become a headliner. I just wanted to stay in California and try to do something in the entertainment business. Aha. Uh-huh. So now, when you were in Chicago, is that when you met Pardo, or did you not meet him until you were in Los Angeles? No, no. I mean, yeah, I met Jimmy in, uh, I met Jimmy in, uh, in Chicago, and I met, you know, Paul Gilmartin, Graham Elwood, and Mike okay, Siegel, yeah. and Mike Schmidt, all these people you know, that, that gravitated out here. When I moved out here, yeah, Pardo and I moved out together. He got here two weeks before me and secured an apartment, and then I came out, and, yeah, we were roommates for almost two years. Okay. And, uh, of course, you worked in uh, music stores. Did, did you work back in Pennsylvania, or was that when you got to Chicago? No, no, Pennsylvania, yeah, I worked uh, at the National Record Mart, and there I worked at a place called Peaches. Yeah, in uh, in Bethel Park, PA, for a while, and um, uh, yeah, I always liked you know record stores. You know, you open new release day, opening the boxes and pulling out the the vinyl Wait. and putting it up in the display, and you know, oh my god, we only got two copies of this. Oh, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, uh, you you worked in Bethel Park. Yeah, I lived with my uh, I lived with my brother and sister. I took a year off from college after my junior year, much to my parents' worry. And uh, I lived with my uh, brother and sister-in-law in Bethel Park for a year. So you worked at the mall there. Um, it was actually it was uh, it was an outdoor. It wasn't an indoor mall. It was like a the strip mall. Yeah, yeah. Well, the city right next to that is Mount Lebanon, and uh, the guy that I wrote and performed the music with on this show that this, this the background music now. Uh, he's from Mount Lebanon, so I thought. Oh, that's hysterical. Yeah, and he went to Penn State, and uh, yeah, there you have it. Yeah, I yes, worked in uh, music stores um, after, uh, kind of after the boom, kind of in the early 90s. And like, uh, I could never get a job in a record store uh, all through college or anything. It seemed like the most impossible job to get. I know, it, I know. And then when you, if you, any job that you want seems like it's impossible to get. Yeah. And if, uh, I would um, fill out applications and they'd be like, nope. Yeah, I can remember, one of the things I remember about working at the record store, and this was 87, I guess, um, we got a promo cassette of Def Leppard's Hysteria. And uh, it was like weeks and weeks before the album was coming out. And I opened this box and it was there, and I just put it in my pocket, <laughs> and, I, and I stole it. I took it. <laughs> and, uh, and I wasn't even a big Def Leppard fan. You know, I knew the songs from Pyromania, from MTV. But man, I put that in and I was like, what 
is this? And uh, yeah, and that uh, that's still, I still love listening to that album. It really brings back uh, a, a place in time for me. Yeah, and I learned from Rock Solid that th- those guys had to go back for their greatest hits and re-record all of those songs. Well, they they um, there's something about um, when they when they want when someone wants to use one of those songs for like a commercial or something. I don't think the band gets much money. Man, but if they re-record it from scratch and they try to do it note for note, and then if someone wants to buy it and they offer them up that one, then they get all the cash. Hmm. And that happened to Sticks as well. They uh, they couldn't use Lady for their greatest hits. They had to re-record it. Yeah, they had to re-record it, yeah. And I know that only because that is my favorite behind the uh, music ever on VH1. Not that I'm a Styx fan by any stretch. Uh, I'm done after Mr. Roboto. But that is the most hilarious behind the music ever. Just because yeah. of how much those guys hate Dennis DeYoung. <laughs> I know. it's it's They really hate him. They do. And That's, it's, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, that recording of the hits is, is a weird thing. Yeah. I understand if you have to do it. If you, if you can't have it for your... Yeah greatest hits package so you need to do it and uh yeah that version they did that re-recorded version is it's just as good as the original version yeah it's hard to tell yeah uh best line from that whole behind the music is when they're talking about the whole mr roboto album and how dennis young really took control at that point and and uh and uh tommy shaw looks at the camera and goes i just couldn't think of any songs about robots (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah i tell you what behind the music i I can watch any episode of that show. Yes. It can be someone yes. that's totally off my radar musically. Yeah, me too. Public Enemy, TLC, anyone. Yeah. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm fascinated by anyone's story. Yes, me too. Yeah. Maybe even more so with people that I don't know because I know, you know, OMD's story and Madness and Beach Boys and Thompson Twins and all my bands. But right. yeah, like, like Sticks, I had no idea about those guys. You know, I just knew just the little bits and bits and pieces. Um, yeah. Now, didn't you work at VH1 for a while? Didn't you and Jimmy develop a show that they kind of stole from you? Well, yeah, Jimmy and I presented them with a show called Glory Days, which I think is on YouTube, the 10-minute sizzle reel we did with Colin Hay. And that show was just going to be Jimmy sitting down with, um, much like what I do with Rock Solid when I have a a musical guest now, like Alita Ford or John Waite, you know, you, you talk about their whole career and then you um, and then you, you bring everyone up to date and tell them what they're doing right now. The difference with the VH1 show was then we were going to watch their videos and uh, and make fun of them along with the, uh, you know, with the artist also making fun of the video because the videos from the 80s are crazy. Yeah. So um, VH1 passed on that, but they said – well, we have a show, and we think you guys have the right comedic sensibility to help us with our show. And their show was called um, uh, Bands Reunited. So uh, they took Jimmy as host, and they took me to write the pilot episode. And they, um, and every step of the way, any suggestion that we gave them, they would say, no, 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 that, that, we're not going to do that. That, that wouldn't <laughs> work. And every suggestion we gave them ended up in the actual show, like huh. every single one, it's uh, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating hmm. because uh, the pilot episode we did, Jimmy was good. That might even be on YouTube also. The pilot episode of Bands Reunited. Uh, I think I threw it up there. Probably I'm not allowed to, but I did. But uh, 
Yeah, that was that was early too in reality TV. So like, we we used a real band, a band called Wire Train. Yeah, and um, like we would go to their house, and Jimmy would knock on their door, and the guy would answer, and we'd film that, and then they would say, "Now we have to go inside and get Jimmy entering." And I would say, "Okay, well then that lets the audience know that the artist knows we're coming because we have a camera preset up inside his apartment." And they were just like, yeah. I'm like, well, that takes me, t- if I'm the viewer, that, w- that would take me totally out of what we're doing. Yeah. And uh, whenever I see that, even to this day when they do stuff like that, I'm like, That's, this is all fake. Oh, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? yeah. Especially a show like uh, Gene Simmons' Family Jewels. Since working in reality TV, I watch that show and not one thing rings true to me. Yeah, that is kind of a, a thing with reality TV. It's this. Yeah. I think people know what time it is, especially nowadays. I think people are pretty savvy as to what's yeah. going on, but people don't think people are savvy. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I just hate that even when people are savvy, they just accept it. Like, yeah, that's fine. We know. Yeah. Because uh, you know, the people that work on those shows aren't getting paid what the people in scripted shows get paid, even though you are basically scripting everything beat for beat. Yeah, that's really weird. It is weird. So how did Rock Solid come about? You know, Jimmy had Never Not Funny, uh, hugely successful. And yes. where did the idea for Rock Solid uh, come along? So Rock Solid, I get an email from Jimmy one day, and it says, uh, hey, Matt and I want to have a, a meeting with you, a, a lunch meeting. And I'm like, well, that's very formal. Um, <laughs> the last time they had a meeting with someone, they fired Mike Schmidt. <laughs> so I was like, I told my wife, I go, Jimmy and Matt want to have a meeting. She was like, what do you think that's about? I go, I don't know. Um, so we, we met at a restaurant and they just said, oh, yeah, we want you to have your own podcast. And we think it should be a music podcast. And uh, Matt will produce it and it'll be under the Never Not Funny umbrella. Because at that time, I guess they wanted to, to branch out and have some Never Not Funny Presents shows. Now, they, they've, they haven't done any more. It doesn't mean they're not going to. Yeah. But, um, so I said, man, I... I I never, I never thought about doing my own podcast, and yeah, I guess, I guess it would have to be about music, right? Because uh, I love music. And then they said, "You want to do it by yourself?" You know. So this is all at lunch. There's no format. I don't know what that. And I said, "No, I can't do it by myself. That seemed that would seem. I don't know. I, I would think. I go. I would get bored with not having someone to interact with." So they said, "Well, then who do you think?" And then Jimmy said, "A person." And I go, I, "I don't know him, and I don't want to step in a room with someone I don't know." And then I think I said, well, maybe maybe Schmidt. Schmidt loves music. And and then Gary Lucy had always posted music stuff on his own Facebook page. Yeah. And since I was friends with him on Facebook, that would always pop up in my feed. And it was always fun stuff. And he seemed to have an eclectic taste and he seemed to not be on the same page as I was musically. So just out of my mouth at that lunch meeting, I just said, well, what about Gary Lucy? And Jimmy said, Gary Lucy, done. I'll give him a call. If he wants to do it, that sounds perfect. Now, at this point, I might have met Gary once. You know, we weren't, we weren't friends or, or anything. I just, I'm, I might have met Gary once. I really only knew him most from his posts on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, so we talked uh, on the phone a little bit, and then we talked through email a couple of times. But the, uh, the first time that we're actually in the room with the mics rolling is, is the first episode. And, um, and then from then on, it was just, uh, you know, it was, uh, that's how it was. That's the, it was just the working relationship. I would, 
we would each come up with a topic because we, we record two at a time because we have kids and stuff. So it's quicker. Yeah. And so uh, we would each come up with a topic. We'd agree on it. And then um, and then we'd get our songs ready and we would just meet. And then slowly, you know, Gary would bring in some bits or some stuff he wanted to do or I would introduce some things. And, you know, the show just got fleshed out just by doing it. And uh, and that's really how how Rock Solid came to be. And, of course, now the big change, of course, is that Gary's decided to branch out and start his uh, own podcast. Yes. The, and... the, big, the big change is that uh, Gary, uh, I said this on the Goodbye episode, Gary had been sending me mock-ups of Rock Solid t-shirts for like three days in a row. <laughs> what do you think of this one? What do you think of that? And I would send him, well, this is too big or tweak that or do this. And then on the fourth day, he sends me, Jimmy, and Matt an email that just said, the future of Rock Solid and he just basically said he, he didn't want to do the show anymore. He had other projects that he felt Rock Solid was taking up too much time, and he didn't have time to devote to those projects. And I get that. I have projects that yeah. are always on the back burner that I'm kicking myself that I don't do. So so we were like, uh, oh, okay, um, all right, no, okay. And I was like, you know, a little bit, I was like, well, man, what am I going to do now? I'm in a little bit of a panic and not quite sure – well, what am you know what I'm going to do? And and then uh, I was playing tennis with Matt like a week later, and and then Matt told me uh, that he he couldn't produce anymore. So then I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's just taking up too much time on because we do it on Sundays because Gary and I usually have day jobs. Yeah. And he says it's taking up now that Matt's youngest child is mobile. He's like, it's taking up too much time on Sundays. And I was like. Okay, and that that actually bummed me out more because Matt, you know, Matt keeps everything, you know, rolling over there that, uh, for Never Not Funny and stuff. He's, uh, you know, he would um, he would produce the show, he would post it, he would do all that stuff. Yeah, we we recorded the Never Not Funny studios. You know, Gary and I just had to show up, and Matt would carry the ball and 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 make it you know sound great. And I love Matt's input. I love that he's not on board with Gary or myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's back and forth. I think Matt's hysterical. And uh, I liked when the show grew to include Matt on mic because at first Matt didn't even want to be on mic. But then he, every show he would say a couple things. So finally I just go, just get, get a mic. So um, so I haven't recorded an episode without Matt yet. I, I, have, uh, I have two in the can with, um, with two of my new co-hosts. And I'm recording two more this weekend with the other two co-hosts who are female. Okay. And then after that, Matt Matt's going to be gone. So uh, that's going to be a uh, you know yeah that'll be that'll be that'll be weird when Matt's not there. Hmm. So uh, so we're and we're not recording at the Never Not Funny Studios anymore either. Oh. So my joke my joke is within well, what are you guys presenting? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my nephew Kyle is going to. Um, Take over as producer because oh, he's cool. been in. Yeah, he's been in the room for many, many podcasts. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's twenty four, so he's gonna have some uh, horrible music that I'll hate. There you go. Um, and then um, and yeah, I have I have four rotating co-hosts, uh, two guys and two girls, and uh, I am excited about it. Uh, I I um, I'm excited to have some female energy in the room, and uh, I'm excited that it. Uh, not that I was ever bored with Gary, but I think this will keep me even more, you know, on my toes and rejuvenated, you know, having a different person in there 
on a four week cycle. Yeah, I I think in the long run it really will be better because you know you how many songs are in your iTunes library? Would you say is it ten thousand, sixty thousand, something crazy? I have about twenty eight thousand. Okay, I only have six, and I, I thin the herd a lot. If it's something I'm not listening to, jettison. Right. It's taking up too much room. But I imagine Gary's is probably. Uh, similar sized and and while that really worked well i think you guys and i've told uh mentioned you this in email and and i've talked to jimmy about this before is that the whole show fits into my my wheelhouse very well because you guys fall right about between where i am right. you're a little older than me gary's a little younger than me i gravitate more towards gary's style of music but i still like you know all the stuff you play but i still think there was limitations to that and maybe with these four different people it's gonna open up like a whole new world yeah of things we've never heard before. So um, well, one, I'm looking forward one to that. Of, one, of the, one of the female hosts that's coming in that I'll be recording with this weekend, uh, she's, uh, uh, she's, she's female and she's 15 years younger than me. Okay. So um, if, if age is a thing, hopefully that'll be, you know, that'll be, and actually the first episode that we're doing together is we're doing birth year. We're going to play our favorite songs from the years we were born. Oh, neat. So that's our, that's our topic. My, that's my topic. Uh, cool. I don't want to give her, I don't want to say her name. When does this post? Uh, this will probably post Sunday. This will probably post Sunday. Should yeah. I give you an exclusive? I'm going to give. I'll I'll tell you who my co-hosts are going to be. Oh, awesome! Um, next week, uh, because the one with Jimmy this week really isn't the normal format because we have a guest. Yeah. So I just had Jimmy in because we both love the knack. Yeah. And because um, you know, he's executive producer in title. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he's my friend and all that kind of stuff. So that was a nice. That was a nice first episode without Gary. And then after that, um, my the four co-hosts are going to be Murray Villariano, who hosts a uh, comedian, very funny guy. He hosts the Road Stories podcast. Okay. Um, Mike Siegel. Okay. Um, yeah. And from Chicago, who uh, hosts uh, Travel Tales podcast. All right. Uh, Christy Stratton, who was recently on an episode. Oh, that's I thought I heard the name, yeah. Okay. I think I think Gary might have even in his email where he said he wasn't going to do it anymore. He said, uh, you know, you and Christy seem to have a, you know some good chemistry. So uh, I think part of the reason Gary brought her on as a guest was uh, to maybe make it my transition easier. So okay. And we did hit it off, so that's good. And then uh, and then my other co-host is going to be April Richardson, uh, a comedian and uh, regular yeah. on the Chelsea Handler show. Okay, I've heard of her too. And she's uh She's uh, 15 years younger than me. She loves Morrissey. Oh, there you go. She's really cool. All right. I find, I find her energy to be really hip and fun. And uh, and although I haven't recorded with the two girls yet, uh, I think this is going to – I think – I'm hoping when people tune in then they're going to be, who's, who's the – oh, I love Murray or yeah. uh, like I like this person, but I like this person better. Whatever. It's still going to be the same show, just yeah. with different voices and – and different. Okay, and and Kyle will chime in as uh, on occasion as as Matt did with. Yes, yes, and oh, I I've I've promised him in advance that I would not uh, uh, I would not uh, Jimmy Pardo him, which is uh, whenever <laughs> Kyle's around, we all uh, we all like to go. Kyle, shut up. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And I told him, I go when you're producing, I'm not going to do that. With yeah, you. because okay, cool. uh, that would be fun for you for a second. So um, so uh. And then Gary has a has a new uh, a new show called The Ketchup. Yes, I heard of the first episode. I don't think it's on iTunes yet. No, he's still trying to work that out. Yeah, he's still trying to work that out. Um, I think it takes two or three weeks until you get up on iTunes anyway. You have to get approved. Yeah. 
and I don't even think he's on Podbean anymore. I think it's oh, really? somewhere else. Yeah, but if you go to Gary's Facebook page or to Gary's The Ketchup page, you'll find all the details there. Um, the only uh, – what else did I want to – I did want to clear the air on this since I'm, um, I'm here, if it's yes. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only uh, – Gary and I never had um, any arguments or any dust-ups that led to his departure. Yes. We did have a Facebook thing a couple months ago. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> where he – was disagreeing with me, thinking that Mike Tyson. Yes, yes, I commented on that. Shouldn't have an animated show, <laughs> and uh, and we we I we I had to meet with him in person. I go, we have to meet. We have to talk about this because I I don't understand why you did that, and uh, and we hashed that all out. Yeah, and got that. we cleared the air on that. Uh, currently, though, we um, I did remove Gary as an admin on the Facebook page. Yeah, only because my thinking was. If, if you're not part of the show, yeah. this is the show's page. Yeah. And I, I know for a fact he's very upset about that. Oh, really? Yes. And, um, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. So, no, I, I, that makes perfect sense. So, uh, so people, if you're, if you're looking for Gary's on the Facebook page, you have to go to his Facebook page because if you're, if you're not doing the show, I, you know, go like his page. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter. Listen. But yeah, he's not on the Facebook page and he's not happy, but I can't, <laughs> that's all I can say. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll link to the catch up, uh, on the, on our Podbean page, which unfortunately we're, cool. we're, we're stuck on Podbean, but, um, and I do mean stuck, uh, <laughs> it, it, horrible decision. Young podcasters out there. Don't, don't go with Podbean. Yeah. We're on, uh, Libsyn. We're on Libsyn. I, I mean, it, the great thing is with this, uh, with doing rock solid was all the, all the hard work was done for me. Yeah. I didn't have to think about anything except hopefully being funny and, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and hopefully making a show that people wanted to listen to. Uh, that was the nice thing. Now, yeah, without Matt there, we'll, we will have to post the episodes and do all that stuff. And, uh, but I produce my wife's podcast every so often. So I, I okay. do know how to do that, but it was, uh, that was a, a big load uh, off my shoulders to just come in, talk, and leave. So yeah. Matt, Matt will be doing that now. Okay. I mean, Matt won't be doing that now. But, I'll be doing it. Okay, well, and hopefully Kyle will assume most of that. Yeah, Kyle will be doing it with me, yeah. Well, there you go. All right, man, perfect. Um, let me see. Well, you are in rare company. Uh, this is going to be one of the few episodes where it's just all guest. Uh, Mr. Pardo has achieved that okay. honor. Mr. Marin has achieved that honor. And Andy nice. McCluskey from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark. Uh, oh, excellent! So there you go. All right, so this will be all Pat Francis all the time. We'll do all the links to um, to uh, Rock Solid and everything, and to Gary's podcast and all that, and uh, advise our listeners to tune out. I think we share a lot of listeners, by the way. But um, I think I think we do too. And uh, and again, I thank uh, I thank Matt and Jimmy for um, for suggesting that I do my own podcast. I thank Gary for you know over a hundred episodes together and. Uh, I hope people enjoy the new uh, rebooted format and uh, keep listening to PF's tape recorder. Keep listening to Rock Solid. Keep listening to music. Yeah, awesome. All right, man. We're looking forward to the new uh, Rock Solid uh, Mach 2. And uh, thanks for taking the time today, man. I'll see you on Facebook and email and stuff. Thank you, PF. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye.
Thanks again to Pat Francis for being on the show. You can hear Pat and his soon-to-be gaggle of rotating co-hosts on Rock Solid. Just go to rocksolid.libsyn.com, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, or just go to any internet search engine, as they say on the BBC, and type in Rock Solid Podcast. It'll take you right there. It's available on iTunes. Search iTunes for Rock Solid. Uh, You can also look at the Rock Solid Guide. One of the listeners over there has put together a catalog of each episode. They're about, I think, halfway through, and then they're doing the episodes that come up each week and then backfilling the old episodes. Episodes. Uh, that is at rock solid, uh, uh, rocksolidguide.blogspot.com. All right, for, as far as this program is concerned, of course, original music composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor, with a little help from me. Logo designed by Dan Coble here, Dan and Logan's podcast, Magic Potion. You can find that in iTunes. Uh, like this podcast on Facebook, follow me on Twitter at PF66. Uh, that is all the business we have for this week. Back next week with another great guest, as well as fake news and a dumb bit. I know you missed both of those this week. And other than that, so long, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.